Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado Radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning, everybody, and a beautiful morning it is, but I think that's going to change tonight, they're telling me. Um, we're in those shoulder seasons, you know, where we're kind of between different types of hunting, got some going on, there's some types of fishing going on, others we're kind of anxious for, the weather, has, the weather hasn't been consistent enough to cooperate. We're going to talk about that, though, during the show. We're going to get a bunch of updates. We're going to get uh, Bernie Kiefel join us. We'll update on Granby. They're finally out on the ice there, I understand, and the fishing is phenomenal. And then we'll talk about some other areas. I know uh, Brad Peterson is going to join us in a minute, and he'll have some updates. We'll talk about uh, some other things that are going on. And then we're going to talk some techniques later in the show, too, that uh, Matt Ensley and Ronnie Castiglione both are going to talk about some different fishing techniques, kind of use this time to uh, to get you ready for both the go out now and for the upcoming season. So we're going to cover a lot of ground today. We're going to take you around to a couple state parks where there's some great opportunities for fishing going on right now. And we'll talk a little bit about the ISE show that we just uh, we just all were at just last weekend. In fact, speaking of that, let's go right to the phones and somebody who was at the International Sportsman's Exposition with me, Brad Peterson. Morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know, I know we're going to cover a lot of ground today, you and I. We're going to talk. We're going to get some fishing updates for you, from you. But I want to start out with, first of all, um, we did a thing on Sunday, kind of a family day. El Noriker came and did a fly fishing presentation for women starting fly fishing. And then we had your seminar on how to teach kids to fish. And we gave away, gosh, about four dozen fishing rods to people for youth fishing rods. And that turnout, I want to talk about some of the things teaching a kid to fish. But the turnout for those kids and the enthusiasm was fantastic, Brad. Oh, it was absolutely great. Um, The kids really were inquisitive about uh, various questions about different fish, uh, you know, how to catch them, how to improve their techniques. And they were excited to learn about fishing and it was just great to see the joy in their face when all of them got a rod to go away with and you know we'll get to go out and catch some fish on their new rod here coming up pretty soon yeah well and thanks to shakespeare for donating those rods i mean they just really stepped up with some equipment that we could give to those kids you mentioned one thing after that seminar that really hit home with me because we started this last year we had you start doing this teaching and kid to fish seminar and then we did some uh, we did some other things this year too that were kind of more back to basics techniques for for all levels of anglers. But last year, the parents that were with the kids would ask a lot of questions. You said this year it was the kids themselves asking a lot of questions. Yeah, it was. It was it was interesting kind of seeing the change. Um, I think there were a few more kids that uh, were in attendance this year. And when I asked for questions uh, during the seminar and beforehand, it was the kids who were really wanting to to know about stuff and what's your favorite color for this and what's your favorite bait to go catch trout or where would you go catch catfish. And um, it's great to see them that involved and interested in it because you know that those kids are not just being brought there by their parents. These are kids who are really excited to learn about fishing. And I you know, you mentioned Shakespeare with the rods. I want to thank uh, BMC. They donated some jigs and some other packs like that. And we gave 
uh, a little giveaway for everyone. Every kid that asked a question walked away, in addition to their rod, they also walked away with some jigs or, or little lures that they'll be able to use as well. No, you're absolutely right. It was fantastic. Uh, before we move on to kind of a fishing update, I want to talk about getting kids started fishing. First of all, anybody who's followed this show or my television shows over the years knows that I'm pretty much evangelistic about getting people outdoors, especially youth, not only for the future of our outdoor um, activities and the heritage we have, but for what I think the value it brings to people's life. But now after doing the kids one a couple of years, and of course you were involved in youth groups before Camp Fish, and you had your own uh, uh, outdoor group that used to do education. What are some of the mistakes or some of the basics that maybe parents overlook when they're trying to get their kids started fishing? Well, I think one of the things that, parents, the biggest mistake that anyone introducing a kid to fishing makes is they go out there thinking it's going to be a fishing trip for them. When you're taking a new kid out, the best thing you can do is leave your rod at home. Just concentrate on the kid, help work with them, you know, on their casting, talk to them, notice what they're doing. If they start getting bored, you know, Go skip rocks or have a little bit of a nature walk. Make it fun and enjoyable, but make sure that you focus on them. And as long as it's a fun, good experience, you're going to get them hooked and they're going to be caught for life. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You took the words right out of my mouth. My my mantra for that was when you're teaching a kid to fish, um, take the kid fishing. Don't take the kid fishing with you. I mean, because you're right. Leave your gear at home and go out there fishing. What about um, so, some places to start? Do you, do you suggest, of course, if you have a boat, or let's just say most people teaching a kid to fish don't have a boat or, boat, or the ramps aren't open yet. The kids want to get out there. Are there certain types of waters you like to see them take kids and certain presentations that maybe are a little easier to get going with? Yeah, you know, some of the great spots that we have early in the year is Colorado Parks and Wildlife stock a lot of these smaller ponds with trout. They're usually fairly easy shorelines. They aren't real steep, not a lot of weeds. St. Green State Park is a great example. Um, that usually loses ice here in the next uh, two to three weeks. They're going to put some more trout in there. And um, you need to check the website. There's only about three or four of the eight or nine ponds that have trout. But uh, with those, if you've got a second rod stamp or, you know, you're there, you could cast out a rod with a, a float with some sort of live bait that the kid can watch. And with that, then you can go cast a jig presentation or have the kid cast a jig or something real simple like that, that they can just steady retrieve back in. So they keep active with their rod. And there's a second rod out there that has a chance of hooking up a fish and you can, you know, they can catch a fish and reel it in. So the ponds that are stocked with trout are great or any one of the small gravel pits that have, Bluegill and bass, as soon as the ice goes off, they're going to be going to the shallow, kind of mucky water, usually on the north end, if you can find it. Um, and the afternoons are going to be best for those warm water species. And use a little bit of kind of the smaller uh, red worms are a great bait because everything in those ponds are going to bite it. Oh, you're absolutely right. A little bit of live bait goes a long way. If you can't find it, the little the little red worms from gulp work pretty well, too. But you know, you mentioned when they can cast out. If, there, if you're in an area where there isn't a lot of weeds, an inline spinner like a rooster tail or a meps or those type or, uh, you know, panther martin are just fantastic for that. And the trout will just slam them. 
Yeah, that. And, you know, the other one, if you're worried about a treble hook that works really good, is the old Roadrunner. It's got the spinner blade below it. It's got a jig body to it. And it's real similar to that with a single hook. Cast it out and reel it in. Um, you're going to catch, you'll be surprised how many different species you can catch on something like that in our local ponds around here. Right. And, you know, another rig that I teach people in the, this, when the water starts to warm before a lot of these small ponds really weed up, a lot of them are pretty shallow. If you take just a bobber, a clip-on bobber, I like to use a pencil bobber, but you could use any bobber, just a clip-on one, though, and put about two, two, two to three feet at the most line below the bobber because the kid has to be able to cast it out. Put uh, just a hook with no weight and a piece of night crawler or a little piece of gulp or something on there, scented, but a night, piece of night crawler is probably the best for them to start. You cast that out, and, you know, you and I have stood on a dock in Minnesota, and you throw something in the water, how the bluegills just go nuts coming up to get it. Well, when that bobber hits, that little piece of worm with no weight just slowly undulates down, just a small piece, and they can't leave it alone. And then if the kid gets anxious and he reels a few cranks, that worm comes back up as the bobber drags it in, and then it starts to sink all over again. And, boy, I tell you what, in a lot of these small ponds, you can just... The trout, it's like fishing a fly in a bubble, except with an unweighted hook and some bait. And it really does catch panfish and trout. Before we run out of time, Brad, let's, first of all, I want to say thank you for everything you did to get these kids going on Sunday. That was a great presentation. Oh, you're welcome, Terry. It was great to be there. And hopefully we're going to be doing even more next year to kind of expand upon that uh making sure we're back to the basics and everyone's getting that good foundation to head out fishing. You're absolutely right. But let's take people around the state right now. Um, conditions, well, it's going to get nasty tomorrow, it sounds. We've hit, we get we get almost below zero, or we do, and then we get 60, 70 degrees. And on the front range especially, it's made ice fishing really. I saw a couple of people out on one of the St. Varane ponds as I was driving in today, and boy, I thought, I hope they're checking the ice because I flew in from Seattle yesterday and driving back up, there was open water in some of those ponds. So I hope people, if you're, do, if you're trying any kind of ice fishing, especially down at lower elevation, I just would be extremely careful. I probably would pass on it. But there is some good ice fishing opportunities at elevation. What are you hearing? Yeah, Terry, I'm hearing that, and I'm actually hearing if you go out east, uh, Jackson still has about seven inches of good ice. So if you are wanting to stay on the plains and try to fish warm water, um, that's probably where I would target. But I tell you what, some of the lakes up in the North Park region, um, the North Michigan Lake, if you're wanting action um, for kids, the size of fish aren't great. But, Terry, you and I have been up there, and it's not uncommon to go up there and have 40 fish days. Oh, yeah. And then you keep... Yeah, you keep going over, and Cowdery and Lake John both are having um, maybe not as fast of action, but the bite's still good. The size of fish may be a little bit better, but it may be a little bit more finessey to get those fish to bite. Um, Lake John did get stocked with a lot of smaller fish, so you're probably going to get a few more bites there than you normally would. If you're kind of up on this northern front range area, those would be the three lakes that I would go to and then I'm sure Nate or someone uh, from the Tightline crew may be calling in. I know they've got a, a tournament out there at 11 Mile, and I've heard that those South Park, Lake, South Park Lakes are doing well. Yeah, there. In too. fact, there's um, Eleven Mile has quite a bit of ice, and they're catching they're catching quite a few fish. And Taro's getting a lot of pressure, but they're still getting big fish. 
Um, and Nate's tournament is going on at 11 Mile today. So if folks want to take a ride and see these fish coming through the ice, you know, it's free to go out there, have coffee. They have a big warming tent. You can hang out and, and see some of the fish that will be caught. And you'll see trout, kokanee, and northern pike probably being caught out at 11 Mile today with that tournament so that might be kind of fun if you just don't ice fish but when you're kind of interested or you'd like to ice fish and want to learn about 11 mile as far as the north michigan and lake john if people go to my youtube channel best of fishing with terry wickstrom i have um videos on both those lakes and another one i have videos on this close like that that you can usually catch a lot of fish is the red feathers lakes dowdy and and west uh, are both have pretty good action and should have pretty safe ice yeah, I have not heard anyone that's been up there, but I would guess by the elevation that they're in. And the last time I heard they had eight inches, I would assume that they still are pretty good ice up there. And you're right, they, they have great fast action on those as well. And if you're looking for a bigger fish, you know, go try Parvin. It's got a little bit different regulations, um, no bait. So make sure to check that before you head out there. And I think it's only two fish over 16 inches, but there are some bigger fish up there. So that whole area has kind of a, a good diversity that you can try. And then I, I've also heard that an, the Terriol is fishing pretty well, and it's got a, it's heavily stocked with trout, and that you uh, and they uh, and you can occasionally get a pretty nice pike out of there too while you're doing it. The last thing, Brad, um, is we're going to see you know. It's going to get cold. We're going to get some snow now, and it's going to put a damper. It's going to make the front range difficult. It's going to be hard to read the ice, and some of it's going to refreeze, but it's going to have snow on it, so you're going to have to be incredibly careful. But with the conditions the way they've been, we're not very far away from a lot of the small lakes having open water fishing real real soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't open up this week when we had that warm weather. I think what... um like you said, you were seeing some open pockets, but the thing was the warm days, we didn't have any of that wind. And as soon as you get a couple of those warm days and one of our normal spring days where you're going to have 30-mile-an-hour winds, that just rips those ponds wide open. And so this week we didn't have the wind, but I would expect in the next, uh, probably by the end of the month, we'll probably see a few of these ponds starting to open up for some good open water open opportunities and once those small ponds open up they um right away the trout get active and then the warm water fish follow pretty close and they're easy to cover and they can give great opportunities very early on brad we're out of time thanks for everything you did at isc and thanks for that update you're welcome terry thanks a lot you have a good day you bet terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you in part by sun power sports colorado's largest atv and motorcycle dealer Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to go right to the phones. And uh, joining us from Crawford State Park, we have Scott Rist. Good morning, Scott. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know, we've been talking, we were just talking the segment before you about places people could go ice fishing because it's, the weather's been so on and off. We have some... Uh, I would say questionable conditions here in the front range, but there's, you can give us an opportunity there. But before we even get to that, let's tell people a little bit, tell them where Crawford State Park is located and a little bit about the park. So Crawford's located in Delta County, um, about 10 miles south of the town of Hotchkiss. Um, it's in the North Fork Valley, right at the base of the West Elk Mountains and Wilderness. Um, you know, opportunities right now, ice fishing is big. 
Uh, we still have some camping going on. Um, it's a good spot if we get some more snow to base out of and then do some snowmobiling on either Black Mesa or even on up to the Grand Mesa. Oh, you're in a beautiful area. You've got the Grand Mesa close by, of course. Like you said, you've got the snowmobile areas there. And you've got, um, uh, you know, hiking trails year-round. And then when you get some snow, I assume you have some cross-country skiing and snowshoeing, too? Yeah, we, we groom out a trail once we get some snow for cross-country skiing and uh, snowshoeing, too. <clears throat> you get to see a few wildlife when you're hiking around there? Yeah, um, we have some elk that our residents down in the valley in the winter, uh, especially when the high country gets a lot of snow. Yeah, pushes them down. What What is the situation? You know, I, we're going to talk the fishing, but I imagine you guys need some more snow just like everybody else. Yeah, I saw the latest report for the Gunnison Basin, and it's pretty bleak. It's only about 35% of average right now. So, But the good thing is, is I'm, they're talking over a foot of snow this weekend. Well, and you know, you and I both know that um, uh, until we get to the end of April, we won't know because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mother Nature can dump in a hurry. But let's talk about the fishing opportunities. You know, Crawford is a great year-round fishing. You really have a diversity of species in there, don't you? Yeah, we're, we're one of the warm water lakes on the West Slope, so we have crappie, perch, pike, uh, trout, largemouth bass, and catfish in the lake. Yeah, and I think when you and I talked earlier, they're really they're really getting the perch and the crappies through the ice right now. Is that right? Yeah, I actually went out yesterday, and uh, you know, in a few hour period, we were able to pull in five or six, and that that was with my four year old son. Um, it's not hot, but it's steady, and I think the big thing out there is just to be able to move around when you're not catching anything. Oh, and it's a you know, it's a how big is is the lake? Um, it's it's just over 400 acres. So it's a nice lake to get out there, move around. You've got some fishable ice. You know, I never say safe ice. I always say fishable ice. And, you know, ice uh, ice can be dangerous anywhere. But if you use common sense, ice fishing can be one of the safest winter activities we have. Just use common sense. You also have some uh, big predators in there, too, you mentioned. You get you get a number of pike, including some big ones out of there, don't you? Yeah, we, we see regularly a, a pike over 40 inches come out of the lake. I think this summer we saw two and then several in that high 30-inch class. And then the, the catfish surprises a lot of people in the winter, but catfish are actually pretty catchable through the ice. A lot of people catch catfish, and you said that was going on there too. Yeah, correct. So with catfish, once you find one, they tend to school up in the winter, so it's pretty easy to find a few more right out of the same hole. Well, and I think a lot of people love, though, we talked about the perch and crappies. Ice fishermen love the panfish and stock trout, those kind of bites, because the action is a little steadier. It seems to keep you a little warmer, a little more focused. And that's what you've got going on there. And, I, you know, I get people that move here from the Midwest, and over and over they ask me, where can I ice fish for crappies? Where can I ice fish for perch? Are you getting decent size so you can keep a few for the pan? Yeah, for the the crappies, a lot of them, you'll, you'll catch a lot of 8, 9 inches, but yesterday we pulled in some 11. Um, we've seen some 13 come out this winter, you know, but it, the thing is you catch a lot with most of them that 8 inches, uh, but you'll see a big one now and then. And yeah. then, you know, with the perch, uh, you know, it's the same thing, that 8, 9 inch, but every now and then you'll pull out 11-inch perch. You know, a 9, 10-inch perch, if you get, you know, if you – catch a bunch of them, just keep a few of the bigger ones. 
and and you make those little fish stick sized fillets out of them. I take them and I just put a little egg wash on them and I put cracker crumbs on them and fry them up real quick. I mean, they are the same family as walleye, and if you don't overcook it, that meat is so tender and white, and it tastes so good. It's just incredible. You get a, a fresh bunch of those. It's a great, it's a great, uh, a great meal while you're camping. Speaking of the camping, this time of the year, do you need reservations or can you show up? No, nope, you can just show up. We we have uh, still have thirty sites open during the winter. It is it is all primitive camping, so no electric, but there is water. Um, so. You get to show up and camp. We get a couple guys that come out of Colorado Springs every year about this time, and they they love it. They spend about four days and fish away. Well, you know, and I'm seeing a trend, and in fact, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Ray from Adventure Campers, but I've been seeing a trend maybe over the last decade where people in Colorado don't want to stay indoors during the winter, and whether it's camping or whether it's hiking or getting out ice fishing or fly fishing in tailwaters or just getting out and camping somewhere and coming out and having that cup of coffee in the brisk air. People really are just not staying indoors anymore, Scott. They're getting out and really enjoying the outdoors in the winter in Colorado. Yeah, and I think with the modern camper, um, you know, it's it's warm in there at night versus how many blankets do we have to stay warm now? Oh, that's very good. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Scott. I know that there's great opportunities. I want to get out there and ice, ice fish. My schedule's been crazy, but that's the kind of ice fishing I love, getting those panfish, but then a, a chance for a bigger fish at any time. So, you know, people who are kind of frustrated here on the front range looking for good conditions, ought to head over, uh, head over there and do some fishing, do some camping, and I'm sure they'll have a great time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. All right, thank you, Terry. You bet. That's Crawford State Park. It's just fantastic. It's really good. Let's go right back to the phones now, and we were just mentioned his name. Uh, back on the air with us, he took a little time off to enjoy the holidays. We've got Ray from Adventure Campers. Good morning, Ray. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I wonder how many people are thinking right now, boy, if I had a camper, I could head over to Crawford and have a campsite probably not very crowded and and with a good camper i could stay warm but i could get out and do some hiking and do some ice fishing and wildlife watching and and, you know you're um you rent and sell campers ray and today's campers there's no need to not want to go out in the winter is there no exactly you know really the key to any uh camper the furnace is having some uh, electricity power to be able to push that furnace. Um, They're basically battery-powered furnaces, so if you're at a site that has plug-ins, you're home free, uh, but we also sell or rent generators or solar panels, and and as long as you've got a means to keep that battery recharged, yeah, you'll stay warm and comfortable in a camper, even if it's uh, cold weather. Oh, you're absolutely right. Hey, before we talk a little more about what's going on, let's tell people about your place. You haven't been on for a few weeks now. Um, tell people your, about your business, what kind of campers you sell, uh, and, and, and the services you provide. Sure. Uh, well, we've been in business for 22 years. Uh, this April will be 22nd year in business. Um, mainly as a rental company, that's sort of been the heart of our business. But uh, about three, four years ago, we started uh, more in the sales route. And uh, right now, we've got great inventory. We've got a really good selection of new trailers from four different lines. We carry... Uh, Viking and real light. If uh, customers are looking for a smaller, lighter weight camper, and on the other hand, if you're looking for a bigger, nicer camper, 20 feet up to 30 feet, we carry both uh, Solar and Sonoma, um, so, and we've got great deals on 
Uh, new units, we've got uh, a lot of good used inventory right now. We've got some uh, late model 2016 used travel trailers priced at $10,000. Uh, we've got some used pop-ups available. So we've got uh, a lot of inventory to choose from right now and, and some really good deals uh, to boot. Before we even tell them where they find you, um, I want to talk a little bit about a lot of people are hesitant to get a camper because they're afraid they might not have an adequate tow vehicle. But with some of the light units they make now, that's really less of an issue than it's ever been, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And, and that really, the, the factories have reacted to that with building the ultralights, and Viking was one of the leaders in that. Um, we've got oh, I don't know, probably 10 different floor plans in stock that weigh less than 3,500 pounds. So even if you've got a, a smaller a V6 SUV like a, a, a Lexus or a you know, Toyota Highlander, you know, Ford Escapes, kind of a, a lesser capacity SUV, we've got plenty of trailers, nice ones, uh, that you can select from, uh, new and used. So, yeah, the, the market, the industry has really done a good job reacting to people's wants and needs with lighter vehicles. Well, if somebody wants to come down, this is the time to buy, like you said, because, you know, let's face it, there was just an RV show down at the convention center, and the reason there was is because RVs, this isn't the hot selling season, so everybody does everything they can to spur sales, and you're no different. You've got some of the best sure. deals. You've got some of the – your new inventory is in. This is the time to be buying, isn't it? It really is. This is when inventory selection is the best. This is when dealers uh, bring in a lot of inventory for the year. And so in, in terms of just breadth of selection, this is when we've got it on lot. Um, we've got manufacturers discounts that we can pass on to our customers. So you're right, Terry. It's a, it's the best time of year to get a good deal on a camper and, and get a, a good shopping experience of choices available to you. So uh, we're ready to go. How do they find you, Ray? Uh, we are at adventurecamper.com. Uh, if you want to come by and see us, we are near the intersection of Arapaho Road and Jordan Road. Uh, we're open from 8 to 4 today, so we'd love to see customers come down if they're shopping for a camper today. All right, Ray, it's great to have you back, and we'll be coming on every Saturday. We'll have some camping tips for people. We'll tell them about floor plans. We'll probably talk some destinations. We'll give them all the information yep. they need to get out there. Great to talk to you again. You too, Terry. Thanks. That's Thank Ray from Adventure Campers. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going right to the phones. Joining us from one of my favorite lakes in the area, uh, Rob Carter is joining us from Navajo. Good morning, Rob. Hello, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I tell you what, I love Navajo State Park and Reservoir. Before we even get into some of the open water fishing opportunities and the other things you can do there, tell people where it's located and kind of describe the lake. Okay, we're, we're located in Arbalese, Colorado, which is, is between Pagosa Springs and Durango and a little bit south. So if people are coming to either Pagosa Springs or Durango, it's a, it's a great destination, about 30 minutes from, from either either town. Uh, the lake is, is, majority of the lake is in New Mexico, but of course our marina in Arbalese is, is in Colorado. The lake's about 33 miles long, so it's a good size lake. A lot of people don't realize that it is as large as it is. Uh, fantastic boating, fantastic fishing, and uh, even this time of year, people are getting out with the weather that's been good, and we've got some great hiking here too at Navajo. Well, and it, a lot of times people will describe Navajo as the the 
the miniature is a miniature Lake Paul, and it's not miniature. It's a big lake, like you said, over 30 miles long. But it is kind of a, a shaped like Lake Paul with the, the long, slender lake, but with all the little river arms and canyons going off of it. It is a canyon-based lake, and it's beautiful, Rob. Yes, sir, it is. There's a lot of, like you say, a lot of fingers that people can get in, and even on busy weekends, Fourth uh, of July weekends and so forth, Memorial Day, Labor Day, it's it's very easy to, to get in those coals and, and you know, have a, a spot all by yourself. Now, is there camping available year-round? Yes, sir, there is camping available right now. Uh, our campgrounds are open. Uh, we do not have water to the campgrounds at, at this point because we're putting in a new water system, but, but the sewer and electricity is, is, is available. And I encourage people to come out and, and do some camping, just like you said on your advertisements. Some winter camping is great if you've got the, the proper camper. And, and uh, we've got some great, great nature viewing and bird watching and hiking at this time of year as well. Well, and I keep bringing this up. People are probably getting tired of me saying it, but I'm over the last decade, you know, people used to try to get all their recreation in the summer and then they'd, except for a few hardy people, they would hunker down in the winter and then wait for spring again. But with the clothing, the equipment we've got now, the campers and the activities that are available, people just don't stay inside in the winter anymore. No, that's true, and especially this winter. I mean, I, I think uh, this part of Colorado is kind of a banana belt, and we have not had a lot of lot of snow, so it's it's a great time of year to to get out. Now you've got cabins down there too. If somebody wants to just come down and rent a cabin, right? We do have cabins, yes, sir. We have to have three cabins. As I say, right now for temporary, uh, we don't have the water to the cabins, so that would be an issue. But that'll be resolved here shortly, and they're very nice cabins. Uh, people that have the kitchens, the bathrooms, two bedrooms, people do need to bring their, their own bedding for the cabins. And the cabins and campgrounds are, are best reserved online at the, at the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. Now, you mentioned hiking. you got some wildlife watching. In fact, I think you get some, some eagles down there and some other wildlife. Yes, sir. We actually have seven hiking trails here at Navajo Park. And uh, this time of year, there's quite a few. You'll see bald eagles, golden eagles. Osprey, lots of deer at, at the, the park here right now as well, too. So it's, it, it's a wonderful time of year if people want to take some photographs of uh, the, the wildlife. We, Ducks, geese. Yeah, and I said we need to get to the fishing, too, because that's my biggest drawdown at Navajo. I love the, It's such an incredible fishery. And, you know, there's a lot of people here we're kind of experiencing where it's tough to find good ice along the Front Range. But yet, other than Pueblo, we don't have any open water. Now, we've got Pueblo, but um, finding some place where they can shore fish or put a boat in the water is, you know, people are getting a little antsy because we got that warm weather and then we get cold and we get warm. You know, down at Navajo, you've got some great shore fishing opportunities. We'll talk about the boating in a minute, but fishing overall at Navajo, you have multiple species down there. It's a tremendous fishery. We do, Terry. I mean, we've got, we've got, as you know, we've got the crappie, we've got smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, we've got uh, kokanee salmon, rainbow trout, we've got the fantastic northern pike fishing, bluegill, catfish. I mean, it's, you, you never know what you're going to catch here at Navajo. Well, I'll tell you that I did a television show. People can see it on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, where I went down with George Large from In Fisherman. And him and I, we spent a day. This is one day on Navajo. We stayed in Durango, actually, night before fished and then drove back to the Denver area. And um, in that day, 
we caught two huge smallmouth bass. Now, the former state record, previous one of the previous state records comes out of Navajo, so the smallmouth get really large. I mean, these were like five-pound class, four, four-pound class smallmouth bass. We caught, we lost track of the number of pike. We didn't get like a 40-incher, but the number we got that were, say, 32 to 36, 38 was just unbelievable, and they were fat, healthy fish. We caught a huge catfish, a big carp, and we didn't even go after the crappies and some of the other fish and the trout and the kokanee. It's just an incredible fishery. Now, I know there's a lot of shore fishing opportunities, and they're going to get better and better as the as we get a little further in. But I think your, your, your boat ramp officially opens March 1st, but you're telling me you can make accommodations for people to get a boat on now? Is that right? Yes, sir. We, sh- we sure can. As I say, just like you said, the boat ramp will open uh, March 1st. But if people do want to launch and go out fishing or even go out boating, they can. We just ask that they call our visitor center 24 hours advance notice so that we can make arrangements for uh, the ANS inspection. And uh, that phone number is 970-883-2208. Now, um, you guys, you mentioned you're the banana belt, and I'll tell you what, folks, um, you can get some snow down there, you can get some cold weather, but a majority of the time, you have beautiful weather, and you're going to warm up substantially much earlier than a lot of the lakes up here on the Front Range, so you're going to have ideal fishing in both shore and boating. When do you see it kind of really start to take off in a typical year? I'd say the crappie fishing really gets, gets hot and heavy right around the 1st of April. The crappie, and then what about the pike? They move in about the same. T- I think they move in to eat those crappies. Tell you the truth, they 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 do. I think the pike will move in with the with the crappie, and so fishing from shore or boat, but also from shore can be very good for both crappie and and the pike. Now, is there a a, a rainbow trout population there? I don't even know. Yes, sir, there is. We've got both rainbow trout and and brown trout in the lake. So it's quite quite the diverse population, and I imagine you keep conditions and and the phone number if they want to launch a boat and all that on the website. Do they go to the state parks website? Is that what they do? Yes, sir. It'd be cpw.state.co.us, and from there they can get the phone numbers, the dates of the marinas, also reserve the the campsites and so forth. And starting around the first of April, too, we will have boat rentals available. So if people don't have a boat and they want to go out boating and fishing. Uh, rental boats would be available as well. And now if you want to fish both the Colorado and the New Mexico side of the waters, do you sell those licenses right there? We do, up at the visitor center. And that's a good question because you do, people do need to have, if they're both both licenses, if they're fishing both states. So you need both Colorado if you're fishing Colorado and New Mexico if you're in New Mexico. Well, it's, I'll tell you again, Rob, it's one of my favorite fisheries. Um, I just love the lake down there. Um, po- folks, if you've never fished Navajo, it's probably, what, a five-hour drive from Denver, you think? Yes, sir. That's that's about right. And, you know, it's well worth the trip. Make a weekend trip, rent a cabin or camp, or if you want to stay where you've got meals, there's a lot of uh, hotel accommodations in Durango in those areas, especially in these shoulder seasons that are coming up. They're not as busy. You can explore the area, and you can enjoy some of the best fishing you'll experience in this part of the country. Rob, thank you so much. It's a great, great fishery. People just need to get out and take advantage of it. You bet. Thank you, Terry. You have a great weekend. You bet. Uh, that's Rob from Navajo State Park. Truly, go to my uh, my YouTube channel, Best Fishing with You. Know you can go if you have if you have Comcast. You can just go Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, and it'll bring up about ninety episodes of my show, and you can do that. Terry Wickstrom Outdoor. Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom. 
Outdoors brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. There are stars in the sun. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. If you haven't tasted this stuff, folks, get get a package. Even if you don't like smoked fish, I will guarantee you will fall in love with honey smoked salmon. It is fantastic. Hey, a couple things I want to talk to you about. One is I want to say thank you again to everybody who came by the International Sportsman's Exposition. You know, I we do our social media. And by the way, you should follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook You'd have known we were at the ISE show. We're going to be running some trivia contests. Contests. We're, we're going to be giving away some substantial prizes. The key words that you'll need to know to win those are going to be on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We put um, a link onto my column every week that I write for the Denver Post so that you don't have to search through it. You just, if you're, you'll get it in your feed if you're following us on Facebook. And then you can... Uh, you can go follow the column. In fact, my column uh, a couple weeks ago was on outdoor survival in case you get lost or injured. Really got a tremendous response on that column. You can go back to our Facebook page and scroll down, or you can go to the Denver Post and just put my name in, and dozens of my past uh, columns will come up. But uh, what I was getting to the point is in our in my radio and in our YouTube channel with all our television shows and on uh, the radio – we're always pushing information out and we don't necessarily get a lot of interaction. We get some emails back and we appreciate that. And we get questions and we run into people occasionally, but the international sportsman's exposition really gives us a chance to talk to our listeners and the readers and the viewers of our things and, and, and have them tell us, you know, we like you're doing this. We don't like that you do this. We'd like to see more of this. And also the appreciation that people have given us over the years. You know, it's the anniversary of 20 years in radio for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors or my radio show. We started on the fan in 1998. I thought you folks would be sick of me by now. I'm glad at least a few of you still listen because I get to keep doing this. But seriously, uh, listening to people and the appreciation and the way you make us feel like we've become part of your outdoor life and community. And the number of people just listen because they're not even outdoor enthusiasts. They just love the information and it's entertaining. And so hopefully we can keep that up for a long time. But we really, really love the feedback when we get those personal contacts like the International Sportsman's Exposition. So that was a pretty tremendous uh, event for us. It went really well. And we were really, really excited about what went on there. A couple things that are going on now that I want to tell you about. First, though, I, st- I alluded to it. We're going to have um, we're going to have a trivia contest coming up. It's going to be um, twenty years of trivia with Terry Wickstrom, and we're going to post a, a tri- some something from the past twenty years on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we're going to do this like maybe once a month or so. And then when we do that, the following Saturday after we post it, we'll ask a question and somebody about what that post was, and somebody will get a chance to win a nice uh, a nice prize. We'll get some prizes together. Uh, I know for sure we're going to be giving away these great gift certificates for like $99 worth of Honey Smoked Fish Company smoked salmon. I, I want to win that one. I love that. And we'll probably come up with some other prizes too. So we've, we're putting that together. So follow us on Facebook so you can do that. Also on Facebook... 
we try to tell you what's coming up on this show if we're having something special. Like, I'm sure very soon we're going to be getting the director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife on um, because they're in the middle of legislation now. There's a funding bill and an ANS bill going into the state legislature, which are going to affect every outdoor um, enthusiast's uh, recreation, their wallet, their lives. And so we need to be aware of this. Um, I, I've already received a link uh, on the ANS inspection bill. I haven't had a chance to read it, so I'm not going to comment yet. I'll try to get into that this week. We'll get Parks and Wildlife people on, including Director Bob Broshide. We'll discuss what these bills entail. And then there's a new funding bill that's supposed to, I, I, it's either been dropped into the legislature, I don't have the link yet, or it's about to be. And they're, they're, they went after this together last year. And, you know, we're going to need funding and a change in our ANS system, or we're going to have trouble launching boats. We we had limited access to some waters last year, and funds are running out. So some of this has to get through. We just want to make sure it gets through right. So what I would like to see is people to get the information and read it and start drawing your own opinions. And let's get an active discussion. I'll get guests on the air. But before this comes to votes and has a chance and still has a chance to be amended, let's look at it and make sure it supports our outdoor lifestyle. And then once it's right, let's really get on the legislature to pass these. Because if they don't pass these, we're going to start seeing loss of access and loss of services. So we need to get something done this session. It's really critical to having access to launch boats, to having money to maintain programs and and habitat and things in the outdoors. So it's going to be a very critical year for outdoor recreation in Colorado. Be involved. I'm not going to tell you what you should like and not like at the bills right now, what my feelings are, because I haven't studied them enough. But take the time I'm going to and really, really really study these, find out what's going on with them. And if there's something you don't like, bring that up too. Uh, let's make sure we, we look at these. But then once we get them right, let's get them passed. And there's going to be compromise. Every bill isn't going to be exactly right for everybody's agenda. We're all going to have to give a little and take a little. So let's make sure we get this done this year so we can maintain the great outdoor resources we have here in, in Colorado. Uh, coming up yet on today's show, we're going to talk some uh, fishing updates on some conditions, but we're also going to talk some techniques. I know Matt Ensley is going to join us in just a few minutes and talk about some of his favorite techniques. Matt did an incredible job at ISE on uh, float fishing, bobbers, slip bobbers, different types of indicators and floats. Um, tremendous. And if more people would use those, they'd be great. I think he's going to talk about some jigging for walleyes today. Ronnie Castellani is going to join us later on uh, in the second hour. And he's going to talk about if he had one rod, one reel, and about 10 lures, all the ways he could fish and the things he could do to keep his tackle compact when he's traveling around. So we're going to discuss that. And Bernie Keefe is going to join us and give us an update from Granby. I talked to Bernie yesterday. He is on the ice. He says the fishing is fantastic up there. So we've got all that and so much more coming up yet. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Companies. Smoked salmon, the secret is in the fire.